well, I am in Orlando at the ARA Show 23, and I am joined by Jason Moray from Bandit Industries. Welcome. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So this is a pretty exciting time, like for me in particular, I like going to these, these trade events and the ARA is like the epicenter in North America when it comes to bringing everyone in rental together. Yeah. Uh, what's your experiences at the ARA show? Have you been to many before? Yeah, this is probably my eighth one and Bandit's been attending forever. So it's just a good time to meet customers, potential new customers. Gives us a really good chance to show off new products. We got a new product on the floor that we were excited to announce and show off, and it's uh, getting good feedback. So, you know, coming to a show like this and, you know, showing this to people live instead of, you know, over mm. the Internet or in a mailer or over the phone is really probably the best opportunity you're going to have. Yeah. Um, and then outside of showing products, like what else do you get when you attend these these types of events? Uh, the networking, you know, the face-to-face -face interaction with your customers uh, and your potential customers, you know, learning the obstacles that they might have, the feedback they have, the things they like about your equipment, maybe some advice that they would like to see improved, um, and just get a truly understanding of how our equipment is serving the rental market. Yeah, and the ARA also puts on like various speaking events as well on the weekend and throughout yeah, the week. Yeah, we don't get to attend those as much, but um, you know, the, our biggest opportunity is to meet people on the floor, and that's what we're here for. Yeah, very nice. So, so maybe just for the for the listeners, just want to explain like who you are and sort of where you fit into the business within Bandit. Okay, my uh, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm the marketing manager. Um, I was in sales for a while, so. Uh, I fit in the business that I'm traveling to uh, numerous shows throughout the year. So uh, trade shows are nothing new to me um, and meeting customers and talking to potential customers. So I believe this show is one of our top shows that we attend. We have others that we obviously attend that are really good to us. But, you know, the thing I like about ARA is uh, this is usually a good selling show. And I mean, people are coming into our booth. They have an idea of what they want and they're ready to usually, you know, pull the trigger on something. So mm. um, me being in the marketing and sales side, that's really a cool opportunity. Um, not that our other shows aren't as important. It's just this show is kind of people coming in. They're ready to they want to know what you have to offer. They want to know what your price is. And they're usually looking to buy something pretty quick. So. Yeah, very nice. And so for the listeners, like what is the history of, of Bandit Industries and what market does it serve? Okay. Uh, Bandit started out in 1983 um, by Mike Murray Sr. Uh, kind of a long story short is he was working for a competitive company and he really had a cool idea for a, a design on a chipper that the management wasn't listening to. And I, I sure give him a lot of credit. Um, I, I wish I had kind of the... I don't know what the word for it is, but I, would, I want to give him just a lot of credit for going out on his own and starting Bandit. Taking um, that risk. Yeah, taking that risk. There you go. Because uh, it's a big risk. You know, he had a he was the service manager at that time, production manager, and um, he just saw a design that he felt would make everyone's lives easier in the tree care market. So when he started Bandit, um, the goal was to, you know, build a good product that was going to perform with limited downtime. Um, in this industry, in the tree care industry, downtime is something that is, downtime with anything is not good, but especially in this industry, you know, this equipment, people are making their livelihoods. So he saw an opportunity for an improved design and he uh, started Bandit with a 6,000 square foot pole barn, I should say, and six employees and introduced the first chipper, which was called the Model 100. 
Uh, and it's the 40th anniversary this year as well. Yes, it is. Yeah. So the original name of the company wasn't Bandit, actually. It was Foremost Fabrications. And then um, Mike's cousin, Jerry Morey, and Dennis Tracy uh, also worked for that competitive company, and they joined Mike in 1987. Mm. And then starting off with six employees, and what's the company size now? So we've uh, grown rapidly. We're well over 700 employees now today. Wow. Yeah. And then you mentioned the size of the, the location before. Like, What's the size of the, the business now from the manufacturing? Uh, approximately 560,000 square feet of manufacturing space. We've acquired two different businesses as well. Um, actually, Treeland, who makes whole tree chippers, they're only about six miles down the road from us. Uh, they had a quality whole tree disc style chipper that we really didn't have. Uh, they were looking to sell, so we saw an opportunity there. Um, that gained that product line plus additional manufacturing and storage space. And then there's another company located in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, which isn't too far from our corporate headquarters, uh, which gave us another, uh, I think it was 60,000 square feet of manufacturing and storage space. And then has manufacturing in the U.S. always been at the core of the company? Yeah, building a quality product um, in, in the United States has been our core philosophy. So, so starting off and then obviously growing to the size of the company is now with 700 people. Yeah. Like how, how did the company evolve over time from those six original staff? Yeah, so Mike's product, the Model 100, quickly started taking off. And obviously when that happens, you got to add employees. So um, Mike's wife, Diane, joined him as part of the HR department and started growing Bandit and its employees. Um, and then soon after, that's when Jerry and Dennis Tracy come on. They come on really to expand the sales and marketing network. That's where their background was. So um, once they come on board, they really started hitting the road and expanding the dealer network. Mm. And then you mentioned the Model 100. Yep. So, so what is the Model 100? So the Model 100 is a 12-inch capacity hand-fed disc style chipper. And that was, at that time, that was probably the biggest demand. So that's where, the, that's where he started. And then I don't know if he ever envisioned it being where it's at today, but um, you know, it's we're well over 60 products now, models I should say, mm. across all product lines that we have. So, so in those early days when the company was evolving, was there any key inno innovation pieces that occurred? Uh, so when Mike started Bandit, his key innovation is our patented slide box feed system. It's still used on all of our chippers today, and it really is the heart of the chipper. It allows the top feed wheel to travel straight up and down, and it provides direct down pressure as material enters the feed system and the disc or the drum. What that does is it reduces trimming, repositioning, and it makes the operator's life a lot easier. Mm. It's amazing that it was manufactured and designed back then, and it's still used today in all your chippers. So yeah. Obviously, the, the effort and the, I guess, understanding what the actual end customer wanted yep. and designing a solution around that was probably part of the key key design much of the key uh our people let's say tree services or rentals or any customer that we take a chipper into that maybe has run a different brand is often pretty impressed with the power of that feed system because of that slide mm -hmm. box and and what it does so and so that model 100 was the first one like how have the products evolved to today Products have substantially evolved on the chipper side. Um, we have a full range of disc and drum style chippers from six inch up to 21 inch, which we call our hand-fed chipper line. And then we also have our whole tree chipper line, which goes up to 36 inch capacity. That's more for the loggers. But um, as we were going into the tree care industry, you know, the rental market was also key, but having just a 12 inch chipper wasn't gonna work. 
Um, we needed something on a smaller scale for homeowners, which is why they developed a six inch and a nine inch model. And then eventually our complete product line for all the different markets that we're trying to serve. Mm. Uh, so as the hand-fed product line expanded, additional opportunities came up. So Bandit decided to get into the whole tree chipper market. We were the first company to produce a self-propelled whole tree chipper on tracks. And then that really got us into the right-of-way and land clearing and the logging applications. So additional whole tree chipper models were needed as well as we had went after the loggers and all those other markets. And then along with that was our horizontal grinders. Um, we were the first to build a horizontal grinder. And uh, the key to that is they're really good at wood waste, um, chunk wood, logs, whole trees, pallets, stuff like that. They're, the way we've designed that cutter mill is they actually cut material apart instead of actually hammering it. So our design is often preferred when grinding wood into a valuable end product for mulch and mm. bio sawdust and all those other markets. So obviously uh, having hand-fed chippers was good, but we were kind of missing a big seg segment of the market, and that's stump grinders. So when we were going after you know the tree care market, it was good with a hand-fed chipper line, but we also needed a line of stump grinders because all of our competitors basically had that. Uh, you know, tree cares, tree services are buying stump grinders, rentals are buying stump grinders, municipalities. So uh, in the early 2000s, we decided to develop a stump grinder line and introduced that, that line at a, the TCIA show in 2004. And uh, with our horizontal grinders having such popularity, um, they're great for clean wood and all the and pallets and that stuff. But really, when you get into like C and D and concrete and other applications that are a little more aggressive, that really requires like a slow speed shredder. Um, we looked at building them ourselves at Bandit, but we really just didn't have the capabilities at that time or the space or the really the workforce to build a whole nother product line. So actually our dealer in the UK approached us and said, hey, have you heard this company called Arias? And um, we hadn't before. So we reached out to Arias and they're manufactured in Germany. And they actually didn't have much of a North American representation. So they entertained you know, making a partnership and came to Bandit. And so in 2018, we formed a partnership with them and became the exclusive North American distributor for their line. And that has really been a good fit because now it allowed us to sell to those guys that are doing, you know, stuff with contaminants. And we, we were never really into concrete or even light metal or cars. These things will even shred cars, which wow. that's not really a market that we serve, but um, it definitely is something we can accommodate now. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned the word dealer. So, yep. um, so you obviously also manage all the parts uh, for the servicing with everything. And then yep. you have a dealer network. We do. Our dealer network is very important to us because, uh, like I said before, downtime is something that is not a word that anyone likes. So you got to have support. You got to have parts and service support that really takes care of every area that we're going to sell our products to. So having a dealer network that is hardworking, uh, willing to invest in our equipment and really have a good knowledgeable parts and service staff is really helps us uh, get our name out and our products out. And so what's the breadth of this dealer network? Uh, so right now we're currently at around 250 dealer locations worldwide. And so then the locations of these particular dealers, like what's like, are they around the world? Yeah. Uh, most of our dealers are in North America, but we have dealers in Australia, uh, Europe, South America, Asia. Uh, so yeah, we have really good dealer in Australia. That's been with us for 25 plus years. So wow. yeah. And so 
obviously just watching the company evolve to what it is today like what's that been like e- even for the original founder like like when you talk to him about what the company is today like how, do, how does it feel internally to, to know that the company's become like a major OEM or provider to the industry? It feels really good. I mean, he, he's still actually both partners that are, um, one's Mike, he's not in the business anymore, but he's, uh, he's still around. And Jerry Mori is um, the CEO of the company currently. So uh, it's really just cool to see their faces and, and see what, you know, what they envision for the company to be. I'm sure it's probably nowhere near the size it is now. Um, and a lot of that is a tribute to both of them and their mm-hmm. leadership that they've given a, every employee over the last 40 years. Yeah, and then obviously rental's a big market for, for Bandit Industries. Yes, rental is a very important market, valuable market. Um, it's really, the good thing is, you know, people that are renting our equipment are getting, it's almost like free promotion. And then we have a lot of contractors that may need an extra chipper for a while and maybe not want to buy it. So having that chipper close to them that they can rent for a couple of weeks for maybe storm cleanup or something mm-hmm. else, maybe they got a chipper that's down or something. So having our equipment around the world and rental places really is a, a huge deal to us. Yeah, and obviously with rental equipment, like it needs to be equipment that will last, uh, yes. last the ages as well. It can't yep. be like equipment that gets worn down quite quickly. Yep. So obviously the the... the innovation of the brand that goes into the bandit equipment is is built for rental as well yeah we've always strived to have the highest of quality components heavy duty steel Uh, each product's built in two-man teams so we're not an assembly line manufacturer we are looking at some assembly line stuff to maybe be a little more efficient but often when we have customers come to bandit they're often they're really impressed at how our equipment's constructed and how each employee takes pride in you know their responsibility on how that machine's mm. going down on and so these these dealers around the world that you're that you're working with so let's say i wanted to become a dealer yep. uh, in australia or new zealand or where, yep. wherever i'm working out of like what does that mean to, to me like what do i get from that and what support do you provide those those dealers so really uh i've always been fascinated with selling equipment especially this it's fun so i always tell a prospective dealer that it's a fun piece of equipment to sell it's very rewarding. And then depending on what type of dealership you are, especially if you're in the construction industry, it may lead to other opportunities. Um, we've got a lot of Bobcat dealers, so um, a lot of these tree guys and rentals are obviously using other types of equipment. So if you're selling our stuff, it complements a lot of other you know, niche products that you may already have in your dealership. Mm. Um, and then as far as ex- expectations, you re- depending on the market area, but we really require like a bandit specialist for the sales area. So like so if we're gonna set up a dealer that we're not the main focus, we're gonna want someone that's kind of the main lead as far as the sales. And that's pretty much his specialty is selling our line of equipment. And then and have those dedicated parts and service personnel that are responsible for taking calls and working on the equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, not that our equipment's hard to work on, where our equipment's built to be one of the easiest to, to maintain, but you know, you really gotta kind of be trained and and responsible and know how to work on it to make sure that downtime is limited when the machine's brought in. And is that typically because the person, I'm assuming it's almost like an owner operator that has used a machine Correct. before and thinks maybe I can sell and, and rent and service these machines out. Uh, or maybe it's a larger company that's interested in becoming a dealer. So if they don't have the experience, like do, 
how do they do they learn from Bandit directly, or how do we, how do you yep. sort of get that person on board? Yep. So when we set up a dealer, we're sending a whole team into that dealership, training them on sales, parts, and service, and then we're doing classes at Bandit um, all the time. So smaller groups that are actually coming to the company and seeing it more in depth on how to you know service multiple areas of the equipment, so that they're got a good handling on how to do that. At the AOA show in particular, are you presenting or unveiling any particular new bit of gear? Yeah, we have a new stump grinder. It's not a really a new concept. Uh, it's called the SG40W. We've got the SG40 track that we've had out for the last five years. Uh, basically, this is the same model, just on tires. Um, so why that's important is we've got some areas of the country that wants a little more flotation, uh, and stability, so um, we decided to come out with a tire unit, and it's kind of nice because we did, we did obviously do some testing, but it, it's the same concept as the track version. It's just got tires and it's four wheel drive, mm. and a lot of rentals are liking that just because of the stability. The track unit is a good unit, but it is a little narrower, so having the wider tires and the which has got dual tires for the drive wheels, it just provides extra stability, and it gives which has been asked mm. by the rental market. It's one of the re, one of the main reasons we introduced it. And yeah, that was going to be one of my follow-up questions. So, so when the rental market has their uh, ideas on on how a particular product product can be innovated, they can share that back through their dealers, which then ends up at the bandit head office. Yep. And then you can then think about how does that fit into your roadmap? Is that yep. sort of how you? That's exactly. Uh, it's shared with the dealers, and really, it's shared at the show here at the rental show. We've learned a lot at the rental show throughout the years of what our rental customers are looking for. We actually learned about the SG40 series here at the show several years ago. We kind of knew we, uh, in that small stump grinder size, that we were doing okay, but we really realized we were missing out on some opportunities, so we decided to come out with the SG40 series, and it's really been a huge game changer for us in the stump grinder market. Uh, so in terms of like the, the, the end customers uh, that are renting these, these uh, chippers out, like what are the types of rental businesses that you've seen have been using your product? Yeah, we have multiple rental companies that are using our equipment. Some of the larger chains are United, Herc, and Lowe's. And then, you know, there's so many rental companies that are the smaller companies around the United States that are using our equipment. So there's just too many to mention. But, yeah. um, the larger chains that have really just added our products to their fleet is United and Lowe's and Herc. So that's kind of been a new partnership for us. We're excited about that. But we're still really uh, happy about all of our local smaller rental companies because those companies are just as important to us because there's so many of them and mm. we uh, we just enjoy the rental industry as a whole. Yeah, Lowe's is an interesting one, isn't it? Because they're they're in the hardware. Yeah, space. yeah, and they've got a pretty blue that we're actually painting the chippers. So yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So because they opened up a rental. Uh, solution within their own division, didn't they? Or do they partner with someone? I'm not sure. But we just started the first batch of chippers we built was last year for them. So yeah, yeah. I've always been fascinated by like Home Depot. Obviously, have their own yep. rental division as well. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's been a market that I've always thought like could open up and expand like crazy. Like someone's going to pick up certain bits of uh, hardware that yep. they need, yep. and then they need a scissor lift or a chipper or whatever it is while they're out yep. there trying to pick two things up at once. Yep. It hasn't really taken off in Australia, yep. um, but Home Depot, I think, has set that standard. I think Lowe's have seen yeah, what's seen happened. that business model. And then they're, they're tapping yep. into it as well. Because, yep. um, and I think even like Walmart, I think Walmart's partnered with Sunbelt 
How so, have they? So certain uh, uh, Walmart stores actually have a, like a, a small sunbelt yep. area in there. You yep. need, to, need to fact check that one, but I'm almost yep. certain that's the case. But yeah, you can sort of see where the market's going. Like when being like these retailers, let's just call them, mm-hmm. are, are realizing the opportunity within rental to then get more products out there. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just getting that name out there and it creates more income. Yeah, definitely. And so what are some of the other shows that you typically do? Um, we're getting ready to hit Con Expo out in Vegas, which is once every three years. Um, obviously, it's going to be a bigger show, big show this year because three years ago was when COVID just was hitting. It was amazing how that show transitioned in the beginning. You know, COVID was just, just this little word, and then a couple of days later, all of a sudden, there's more and more cases, and then holy moly they're shutting the show down yeah i think i was there they yeah. shut it down on the friday or the saturday I yeah think was. saturday was the day that they shut it down but friday was you know hardly anyone and then a couple yeah. of us were there left tearing it down and then all of a sudden they're shutting the city down so that was kind of an uncomfortable yeah experience. i actually lived in las vegas that, yeah that year oh and really I, yeah and I, I was there for a year and and I, that was my first con expo experience and the yeah. first day was going crazy and then as yeah. the week went on it was like getting a bit weird and then the friday and i had a bunch of meetings booked on the weekend and yeah. then it was just like, yep, show's over. Yeah, I mean, the first day, everyone's shaking hands. Ah, COVID, you know, it's not that big a deal. And then, um, you know, like Wednesday was, yeah, okay, maybe this is something. And then Thursday, people are starting to freak out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it must be a massive, like, relief to be able to get back into the swing of things with these trade shows. It is. Uh, like I said, it's valuable for us, just the feedback we get, uh, the customers we meet, the potential new customers. Uh, I, I just don't, you know, I, I can't name of another opportunity we get as a manufacturer you know our dealers you know they have that one-on-one experience more i mean we'll go with our dealers and do demos and see customers mm. but um you know at a trade show that's the best time for us as a manufacturer to meet people face to face yeah definitely so it'd be good to learn a little bit more about you as well so okay about the bandit industries quite a lot so uh working through the bandit industries business like if you could give advice to maybe the next generation that are getting into the workforce like what 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 would you say to them i'd say choose something that makes you happy uh, as a young kid i was always it's fascinated with chippers just because it was in my bloodline i guess uh, i knew at a young age i wanted to work at bandit and i approached uh, jerry's my uncle so approached him like junior of high school and said hey I'd be interested in working here and he goes well you better go to college first and I'm like at first like I don't really want to go to college and he's like I'm not gonna hire you unless you go to college he said you can work part-time here in maintenance I'm like oh I like maintenance so it'll get, it'll get me in my in the door and so I went to college which I'm glad I did it matured me a little bit and then um, so I started out in marketing and I've been doing that really ever since I did some sales stuff for a while but uh my advice would be to pick something that makes you happy because you sure got to work a long time in your life. And mm. if it's something that you enjoy doing and take a passion in doing, then it's going to make going to work a lot easier every day. And, and then, and then to, I guess like one thing that I, I'm really interested in, in covering is like career progression and sort of work and, and, and being successful okay. within your role. So like, what would you say to someone that like when they go to work, uh, what, what are some of the traits that they should have when they're actually doing their job? I think they should be self-motivated um, and show effort. Uh, if you're just going to kind of go to work and go through the motions, you know, you don't expect to get promoted, you know, or don't expect for people to notice you. If you're there showing up and, and showing a willingness to learn and a willingness to work and, uh, and, and an ability to adapt to certain situations, it's just people are going to notice that and you're going to get credit for that in life. Mm. Um, 
especially on my end, you know, I had the last name of Maury. Everyone's like, oh, Maury, you know, that's a family member. I didn't want that in my life. I wanted people to respect me for my work ethic, and, uh, yeah. and people do. I, I like to think people do, and um, I've always been a hard worker. Since I've been 12 years old, I started mowing yards to try to get some money, and I've always just felt that you got to work for it to to earn your way through life. Yeah, and I think it's, yeah, as he said, like showing interest in things yeah. as well, and and say yes to as many opportunities as you yeah. can. And, and one of the things that I hate when I hear people say that, like, that's not my job. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't that, like that either. That kills me when I hear yeah. that. If I would have said that starting out, I'd, I wouldn't be where I am today, I can guarantee it. Yeah, like it, yes, there's obviously departments and there's people that are responsible for different departments, but like you learning about service or parts or sales or rental, whatever, yeah. whatever the business is, like your wealth and knowledge comes up and then peop, like people notice those things yeah they might not say anything but, yeah. th- but they know who's putting the effort in who's willing to learn yeah. um picking up terminology or being able to talk to customers or yeah. whatever it is like those things don't go yeah. unnoticed and so when maybe they open up a new branch or yeah. maybe they want to expand the manufacturing side or maybe they mm-hmm. want to have a new product manager or marketing yeah. or whatever it is and it's like you know what maybe yeah. we should call this person yeah give an opportunity yeah speaking of that i when i start, first started out in marketing i was responsible for some of our videos and they're like, oh, just go to this company and, you know, film them. And so I'd go do it, and then all of a sudden I'd get there, and then they wouldn't be wearing the right safety gear, or you wouldn't get the shot. And I'm like, I can do this myself. So uh, I learned how to run a chipper pretty quick, and pretty soon I'm out there doing the videos ourselves and getting <laughs> the shots I need. And, make, I mean, I knew how to make them look good, and I knew what they could do, and I, I knew what people wanted to see. People don't want to see a little 2-inch log going through a 12-inch chipper. They want to see what it can truly do. They so that's what I wanted stuff, to show. Yeah. And, our marketing videos have really taken off and definitely uh, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, well, in your marketing, like the, the one machine that really caught my attention was the Beast. The Beast, yeah. Just by the name. Yeah. So what is the Beast? So the Beast, I mentioned our horizontal grinders. That's the name for our line of horizontal grinders is the Beast. It's got a massive diameter mill with teeth on it that will just grind wood waste into a malts product. And how big is this machine? What the biggest one will take a 45-inch diameter log. Wow. Actually, a little bigger if you know how to feed it right. But <laughs> <laughs> so we've got multiple models ranging from 14-inch capacity all the way up to 45-inch capacity, and with the biggest engine being a C32 1200 horsepower CAD, mm. CAD engine. And it sounds like you've got a lot of content online that people can actually watch these machines. Yep, and we got a YouTube channel, Bandit Chippers, and then uh, we post customer testimonial videos, service videos, and um, just overall operation videos. Yeah, yeah. I think the. The, the power of video is, is, is so important today when someone, like I, for example, I was um, doing research on Bandit Industries yep. and, I, and I typed in TikTok. I just typed your company name yep. in there. And like there's your customers are creating videos on them using the machines and tagging Bandit. You know what yeah. I mean? That's, That's not even you doing that. No, I, I give a lot of our customers credit because they do, they do a good job and as much as we do, you know, they yeah. really are proud to show off the machine and tagging us and I wish we could get out to more customers we're actually focusing on that more and obviously if they're happy to talk about our equipment we want to know them and give them an opportunity but yeah we're getting tagged a lot and um, especially nowadays you know with all the avenues for to share you know yeah, it's just amazing content. yeah content's where it's at and so along your way who do you think played a big influence on you from a mentor perspective I'm lucky to have a lot of mentors in my life, family. Um, but on the business side, I would have to say it'd be Jerry. Um, he's guided me a lot in business, and I just traveled with him last week to a tree care show. I mean, he's 75 years old, and you won't find a more passionate 
man selling our equipment in my opinion he's just um he's so motivated and he's he, he knows how uh business should work and then he, he he's fascinated like i am with chippers and stump grinders and mm. the beast and all that so um, now that we're in esop you know he he's technically doesn't have to be involved he just has a passion for it so he's he's our ceo still and he loves it every day yeah. so how would you describe jerry how would i describe jerry uh outgoing um and just uh, a passion for a variety of things including business yeah. yeah and then what do you think he's like you mentioned he's a, a mentor like how would you describe his leadership style uh, that's a good question uh very relaxed he's i've never ever seen him really get worked up a few times which probably had reason but he's just very calm and he's always going to give you his opinion and he's always going to listen though but he's got a lot of good ideas and i think the way he guides people and motivates and i mean if you look at who he is now um especially you know i, I don't want to mention that he's 75 he's probably mad at me if i hears this but <laughs> he's just uh I wish I could when I turn 75 years old I hope I have the same stamina and outgoing personality that he's got so yeah well I think when you when you create something and it becomes like a such a global brand yeah like it's like that's a that's something like a generational thing that that goes through and and you've left your your mark on the world yeah which like that's a very very rare thing to occur yeah I mean he's been in the chipper industry since he's 16 years old maybe even before that so um, he's definitely left he his mark too. yeah <laughs> and we went to this conference last week and you know everyone knows him and he's like a celebrity it, walking through yeah <laughs> i mean especially in the, the tree care industry uh so and people are just happy to see that he's there so mm. and then obviously having that leadership style the calm manner that played a big influence on the the type of culture within bandit industries as well it sounds like yeah our, our culture is amazing and now that we're employee owned um you know that's going to remain intact where if we were sold to someone else maybe not so I really got to give credit to Jerry Mike and I for you know creating this opportunity for us employees because I mean if being employee owned there's a lot of potential for the employees to gain and um, definitely a chance for the culture to remain Mm. but let's dive into that a little bit so so what does it mean to be employee owned and when did that happen yeah so uh, the owners had um, some opportunity to sell to some other companies and didn't work out. They didn't see it being the right fit, especially for the culture and the best interest of, you know, our customers and our dealers and our employees. So uh, some of our larger tree care companies are also employee owned. So um, I don't know if they approached Jerry or if he approached them, but this employee owned opportunity came up. And so the owners started learning more about it. And basically the employees don't technically own the company, but um, basically the profits of the company are shared throughout the employees through a, an ESOP retirement program. Mm, that's cool, yeah. yeah. So you're basically getting that small little opportunity to, like when the company is successful, then you yeah. get that, that little tie yeah. back to the company. And, yeah. and then everyone's on the same page of, of where the business needs to go. Yep. Yeah, what better opportunity do you have, especially if you're a younger person? I mean, obviously, I, I feel like now retirement isn't as important for some of the younger generations, but, I mean, I think it it is important because obviously you don't want to work until you're 90, but uh, having this, if you start out at Bandit at a young age and the way we're growing, there's some pretty good opportunities to retire 
know, pretty well. That's, that's awesome. So, so how do you define success? How do I, I, I define success as being self-accomplished. If you're, if you're happy with your life and what you've accomplished in business and, and family and just as a personal, um, I feel as long as you have some good self-accomplishment, I think that's success. Yeah, very nice. Well, Jason, well, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. I appreciate you having me. I'm glad you reached out. Awesome.